Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. We are so glad that you are here, and we want to let you know that our mission is to decrease stigma associated with mental illness and mental health. We like to call mental illness MI and offer resources and help to people who think they're powerless and alone on their mental health journey. And we are here to remind you that you're not alone because we are no Alamo. So with that, we have a great interview coming up later in the show with Diana, and she graciously shares her stories with us. Um, But before we jump into it, I would like for you guys to take a listen to this clip, and it'll make sense in a minute after we discuss it. When I got here, I didn't call myself an addict, but I was in my addiction. And I got hit with some tremendous things, Um, family things. And I spun out of control. And uh, I had to uh, get treatment. And these women being there for me, helping me have hope that things could be different, that things could be better. Uh, I found out not everybody on Skid Row is down and out. There are those of us here who show that there is life after this. You can't help anybody who doesn't want help. But I feel like everybody here at the Women's Center are people that genuinely want help and they want to progress in their life. And I'm just so honored that I'm able to at least spend one day with. And that was a clip from a popular TV show. And I'm sure you know which TV show. Um, But basically, the woman was visiting a women's center um, for um, basically a halfway house for um, addicts and these women who just need help have a safe place to stay. And I grew up in a family where alcoholism, you know, was the norm. Um, And as a child, you know, you sponge up everything around you and the things that go, that go on around you, um, if they're addictive behaviors, it becomes normalized because it's coming from a loved one, right? So recently, um, a loved one of mine admitted that they needed help for their alcoholism. And they had been sober for five years and um, had been seriously relapsing for the past three months. Whenever this person told me this, I blamed myself for not seeing red flags Um, And I felt guilty because I thought that I could have helped this person because, you know, of how I grew up. But because I wasn't really looking for the red flags, I wasn't able to help. And those are my worry thoughts. And like in that clip, you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. And this person is seeking help, wants to get better. And I went to an Al-Anon meeting And it really helped me understand 
and remember and realize that, you know, people who drink um, usually are hiding from, you know, other pain, depression, anxiety. Um, I looked up some statistics um, for uh, adults aged 18 or older in 2017 and the numbers in the millions of this study, about 8.5 million Americans um, had a substance use disorder along with an MI. Um, and that's 8.5 million people. You know, that's a, a big deal. And I really want to, you know, let you guys know that there are resources out there. Um, in the description of this podcast, we're going to provide Alcoholics Anonymous information, um, Narcotics Anonymous, um, Al-Anon resource links, and, you know, of course, the Suicide Prevention Wikia. And we want you to know that there is always help out there. There really is. And, you know, you're really not alone and there's help. So seek it out and talk about it. And that's what this podcast is all about because the more you talk about it, then you're getting desensitized to negative stigma. And I don't see that as a bad thing. So let's get into Diana's story, shall we? Dear Diana, where did you go? Dear Diana, where did you go? Across the mountains where the aspens grow. Dear Diana, where did you go? I'll be loving you, darling, night and day. I'll be loving you, darling, night and day. Until the top falls out and the sides turn gray. I'll be loving you, darling, night and day. But I don't understand why you were laughing so hard. I don't know. <laughs> Do I have a blue one? No, you have a silver one. Oh, well, I want the blue one. Okay. Okay. It's all yours. So, why do you want the blue one? I like blue. Why did you start laughing, though? I don't know. I'm, like, over here trying to figure this shit out, and you're, like, laughing. <laughs> Are you laughing because <laughs> my butt's five inches smaller than yours? What? What did you say? My butt is five inches smaller than yours. I just think, like, this <laughs> butt-shaming laughter. <laughs> my whole body's too weird from laughing. <laughs> this is probably the best sound check ever, mostly because Diana's being a herself in the background and I'm actually over here doing some work. <laughs> Can you please come put your headphones on real quick and like actually sit next to the mic? <laughs> oh god, I gotta turn the volume down, girl. Here, I'll I'll bring the mic to you. <laughs> but I wanted the blue one. For the soundtrack, just fucking use the silver one. <laughs> you need to speak, like, right into the microphone okay. under the blue sign. And don't be afraid to get too close. Also, is your volume up? It's so satisfying. Can you hear yourself? Can you hear yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. 
This is going to be a great show, y'all. What is this called? The sound thing? It's a sound check. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it is. Everybody, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Wanna Fam. Before we get started, remember you are important, and if you are in need of crisis um, situation uh, resources, please visit suicideprevention.wikia.org. That's suicideprevention.wikia.org. That is the International Suicide Prevention Wiki, and it's a worldwide directory of suicide prevention hotlines, online chats text lines and resources. It's open source and can be used by anybody or anyone in an organization. And um, it was created by the PostSecret app. And it's definitely a great resource to help people to crisis centers if they need them. And thank you again for listening. Let's get into it. Well, the Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about mental health and stuff. So today we have a special guest host, um, she would like to remain anonymous, so during this episode, we'll be referring to as Diana. <laughs> so, welcome, guest host. <laughs> so, you're 23 years old, right? Yes, so I am. Been 23-year-old anonymous person. <laughs> pretty good. You really need to, like, talk into the mic. <laughs> Can we redo that whole thing? No, we can't. Yes, okay, fine. I'll edit it out. But you like really need to put your. All right, redo the whole thing. Hold it. Redo the whole bit. Okay. Don't Hello, everybody. Welcome to Weirdo Alamo, the mental health podcast. It's a riveting <laughs> mental health podcast where we, not medical professionals, discuss our own mental health and how everyone is should be able to talk about their shit. So today we have a special guest host. Her name is Diana. I'm trying to get you to speak into the mic where you're supposed to be, right there. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Diana, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Paige. How are you doing? I'm doing. Okay, sit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try this again. Hi, Diana. Hi, Paige. So, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> this is my last resort. Our podcast is so awesome. So how did we become best friends? How did we, we became friends meet? because I worked at a retail store. Skillful friends, I should say. Oh, yeah. Well, so Paige called into my store, and I was in the back doing some stuff, and nobody on the floor was answering the phones. And no one on the floor was answering the phones, so I picked up the phone. And this customer just kept asking me these really stupid questions. And anybody who's worked in retail knows how annoying those stupid questions are. Cold calls are but, the best <laughs> But me being the trooper that I am, I answered all of these stupid questions. You have so many cool vibes, man. <laughs> so I hung up the phone, continued to do my back office work. 
about 15 minutes later, one of my reps come to the back and say, hey, there's a there's a page here for you. I'm like, what? Page like you said, what? you talked to them on the phone, kind of recapped our conversation a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, this dumb She's customer, back. please no. <laughs> so I go out on the floor and I go and I help her out. Keep in mind that, keep in mind that I believe when you're working for a commission, I just wanted to make sure that you got what you needed because you were helping me. This particular sales transaction would have made me less than $3. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> that you got some money in the bank, girl. <laughs> Thanks. After taxes, I think I'm looking at one seventy-five. That's so bomb. Okay. And so when did we, like, become, just when did we become So we're, like, in friend? the conversation a little bit. I'm like, all right, this chick is awesome. So I give her my number. About three weeks later, we go hiking. I love it. And ever since then, we've been bomb diggity friends. Bomb dig. And I'm really happy that you came into my life, honestly, because you've been such a positive influence. And, you know, I'm going to say this for your age, like 23, you've done so much and you've gone through so much and you've come out the other side just like facts. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> just like totes, totes hashtag normal. <laughs> No one's normal, but you just, like, take everything in stride. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, I think we became friends when we talked about butt stuff. <laughs> All right, Paige, can you clarify that a little yeah. bit? so, I have celiac disease, and if you eat gluten when you're diagnosed with celiac, you know, things happen down there. It's really not fun. And Diana has been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Oh, yeah. Like, the most unicorn kind of Crohn's. Oh, so by unicorn Crohn's? Oh, yeah. What we mean by this is I'm allergic to all the treatments. Oh, my God. <laughs> and anybody who has Crohn's or is familiar with Crohn's knows how serious it is. And I believe I've learned so much. Okay, so tell me what, like, myths and facts about Crohn's and start from the point where you just wanted people to get away from you. <laughs> so... What I really like about Crohn's is... What I really not. like about Crohn's? That's the first time I've heard you even say anything nice about Crohn's. What I like about Crohn's. Hey, it's, it's an incurable disease. There's nothing I can do with. It's like my body is inhibited with somebody else. Like right. I have to live, coexist with something else in my body. So might as well like it. So... <laughs> what I like about it is not very many people know about it. So I can make all the shit up that I want, and nobody will know the difference. Enter in Diana's sense of humor. So I Set the scene. This. So I was out with a friend, and this guy comes up and will not leave me alone. And I'm like, dude go away. He's not, I'm trying to be very subtle, very nice. I'm not the kind of person who will say, yo, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. I'm, I'm a nice person. You won't like face take to your face. 10 years of Taekwondo or jujitsu or shit like out on the, well, just I might now. So at the time I wasn't that kind of person. Now, if you come up to me and piss me off, you might oh. find yourself in an arm bar and a Kimura or something oh like that. Gosh. So we'll see. Don't mess with Diana. <laughs> I wish her name's Ryan was Texas. So, 
this guy won't leave me alone. So I have to say, like, he's asking me about myself. I'm like, dude, just go away. Get the hit. And then I just let him know that I'm like, you know what? I have Crohn's. And he's like, what, what is that? that? And I was like, it's contagious. Is it, is it spelled with a K or a C? Like, it's contagious. It's like AIDS. It'll kill you in, like, ten oh years. It's so <laughs> savage. <laughs> I'm like, it, it's something that'll just kill you if you contract it, so you might want to go away. My friend over here already has it. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> he makes a beeline so for the exit. funny. He made an Irish goodbye ghosting, like whole new Venn diagram situation of never calling you back. Well, he didn't have my number. I just wanted him to go away. But now in that situation, like, I like making stuff up. Yeah. So let's talk about misconceptions and like, let's, you know, let's learn the audience about Crohn's and what it actually is and how it affects you and with your mental health and physical health. So what Crohn's is, is it is a inflammatory bowel disease. If you are familiar with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, it is the granddaddy of all irritable bowel syndrome diseases. Not the funnest to have. So, in my case, because I'm allergic to all the treatments, I have to monitor very... Literally all the treatments. Paige was with me when I got one of my treatments. It's called Stellara. Yeah, and I went with her to the consultation. I learned all this stuff. I really treated Diana like she was my daughter because she told me all this stuff like about other treatments and how it like almost killed her. I was like, oh, sure, I'll stay. You're like, oh, it'll just take about an hour or whatever. And I was like, uh-huh, I'm going to bring my neat knitting. <laughs> I'm knit a hat while you get this thing. And I'll wait for you in case you you know, have a reaction and almost and die. initially the nurse wouldn't let Paige back with me. Yeah. And, uh, so we get most of the way through the treatment and I'm asking the nurse, I'm like, Hey, what if I have a reaction? She's like, there's a less than 1% chance of you being allergic. To and this. I thought Diana was being like so dramatic because she was like, no, seriously, I'm trying, this is the last thing that I can try. And I'm like, Paige, you don't understand. I haven't had a treatment in two years. Oh, I learned my <laughs> lesson. So then happened. Believe Diana. Dear Diana, where did you go? <laughs> the Crohn's took you way down below. <laughs> exactly. So, on Broadway. Um, we get most of the way through this, and I start getting itchy. And, like, really itchy. I'm like, what is going on? It makes some itchy. And like, really itchy. Oh, my God. I was like, uh-oh, um, hives is happening. She's I, know, right. I just think I'm, you know, when you, like, sit in a leather chair for a while, and you, like... I was there after the nurses were like, you should probably go hang out with your friend because you're going to be here for a while. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought I was sitting weird and like my shirt was getting stuck to me or something like that. Yeah. We were sitting on the couch for like two hours. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know anything about that. Right? I went on a run during that, so it was fine. But then you <laughs> called me and was like, uh, you should probably come back now. Oh, yeah. The so nurse calls Paige and was like, hey, your friend's having an allergic reaction. And I'm covered in hives. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm glad I didn't have any plans. <laughs> Do they so have snacks back? And, uh, That's what friends are for. Oh, so this nurse gives me two bags of Benadryl. You remember what that was like, Paige? Dude. Oh my god. I was high as a kite. It was. It I was, didn't even know you could get high off Benadryl. 
It was so fun riding back home. <laughs> like, following her while she was driving and me just hoping. I'm just kidding. She didn't drive home, you she guys. She didn't drive. Paige drove. Ugh, I didn't even believe that. She didn't drive. I didn't drive Paige. Because I had this Crohn's affect you, like, daily life, you know. Daily life? Yeah. Uh, about a third of it is spent in the bathroom. That's not us peeing or We're just talking about Crohn's and the dog is licking stuff in the back. My dog is getting a drink. Seamus. Oh. <laughs> no, that's my dog. Okay, moving on. So a third of your life is spent in the bathroom. Not really. That's an over-exaggeration. Because, okay. although when I'm having a Crohn's flare, 50% of my day is spent in the bathroom. And that is yeah. not an exaggeration, my Crohn's friends. And, like, not completely <laughs> whispering. Um... Like, what is your episode situation like? My episode situation? So, those of you who have had food poisoning, imagine that times ten. And that's a Crohn's episode. That is a Crohn's episode. And I don't know quite how graphic you want me to get. However, it's your life. It's your story. (laughs) It can get pretty gnarly. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Like, need to go see a doctor uh, now immediately. (laughs) You think well, you're dying. what we've learned about Crohn's is that you can kiss somebody and not get it. So it is not genetic. It is. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's not genetic. They don't know how you get it as of now. And it's not contagious, guys. So if you meet somebody with Crohn's. You say, give them a big hug and say, I know what you're going through. I've listened to We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. Oh, yeah. I love your story. I had no idea I had Crohn's. I just thought I ate too much pizza and beer every day. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, real, real talk. Um, we are going into talking about Billy Eilish. Eilish. I thought it was Billy Eilish. I, Billy Eilish. All right. Is it Eilish or Eilish? I don't know. E I L I S H. Billy Eilish. Delish is she's emerging as a really powerful mental health advocate. Um, this article on USA Today, we read today, um, basically her music is defined as like darkest, weightiest pop music on the radio today. Um, but she's 17 and she really encourages her fans to prioritize their mental health in their daily life. Recently, she appeared in a public service announcement for, um, this movement or a public service campaign. It's called Seize the Awkward. Check out her Facebook page. Um, just search We Are No Alamo in the search engine um, and like our Facebook page and you can go see Seize the Awkward. And what it is, Seize the Awkward, it's a public service campaign um, founded by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And it's intended to empower people ages 16 to 24 year olds to give them the opportunity and a safe space to talk about mental health issues with their peers and also help their friends in need. And Eilish, 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 Billy, is, I, I mean, I've just now started listening to her, but you're like so into her. So what, like, tell me about your, why do you like her music? Because when we were talking before, you're like, I just like it because it's dark shit, man. It's real. It's raw. And she said it in that voice. So, I was going through um, some recommended music on Apple, and this song called Bury a Friend comes up, and I was like, 
what is this? And I was like, why do I like it? This is so weird. And her cover, I don't know if anybody's seen it, but she like is, looks like she's in a psych ward and is about to win Dardium Leviosa. <laughs> It's Leviosa. It's Leviosa. It's Wind Wind Leviosa, right? I said it wrong the first time. Anyway, but it looks like she's uh, about to levitate off we... this bed because she's like needs an exorcism. <laughs> yeah, the album's called "When We Fall Asleep." Where do we go? It is so cool. Number one on Billboard 200 currently. Okay, so what is a song that that song you were just talking about? Why does it, you know? How does it, what is it called? Not resign. The Bury a Friend? Or... Yeah, like, how does that connect to your life? So it doesn't connect to my life. Yeah, it well, how does it make you feel? the first song I ever heard of hers, and I was like, this is so weird. And I really liked it. Let me see the one that... Gotta look it up real quick, because I forgot the name. So When the Party's Over is the song that, every time I hear it, it gives me goosies. Goosies, the bumps on her arm. Guys, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that she's 17 years old. I know, she's a kid. Yeah. But and the fact that she is trying to bring, bring awareness to the fact that, you know, these younger people don't really know how to talk about how they're feeling, or, you know, maybe they have never even thought about am I, or the maybe they could actually have something, right? And according according to this article on apapsych.net, um, we will also be including these links in the description of this episode. But it's in the Journal of Abnormal Psychology, which I thought was very interesting. And it's called Age Period and Cohort Trends and Mood Disorder Indicators and Suicide-Related Outcomes in a Nationally Representative Data Set from 2005-2017. And basically, the study finds that 12 to 17-year-olds are 63% more likely from 2009 to begin thinking about suicide or demonstrate some sense of suicidal ideation. And so I really think that she being 17 and bringing health awareness is like way bigger than her music, you know? Like she's actually saying something, and you were just reading some lyrics, what were they, that gave you the goosies? Oh, so, it says, don't you know, I'm no good for you, I've learned to lose, you can't afford to, tore my shirt to stop you bleeding, but nothing ever stops you bleeding. Sounds like a poetry slam. (laughs) It's better when she sings it. Spoken word poetry, all about the raw, the real. Speaking of raw and real. This is the meat of the podcast, everybody. Done through the social mental stuff, and let's get down to it, to your story. Um, how did you get here, on this couch, not being born or anything? Well, I pay rent to this apartment, so... Okay, why... why? <laughs> I'm so thankful that you're willing to share your story. Why, <clears throat> why, why, why? Please share your story with us. Well, I have a lot of stories. Which one in particular, Paige? Your mental health story. like My mental health story. That's right. This is a mental health podcast. In case you're just now tuning in. And then welcome to one of the mental health podcasts. 
You're progressing. <laughs> what you're doing is a noble service to people. It's about opening up. That's what this podcast, this organization is about. I understand that it's going to be hard to talk about, but I think afterwards that you do it, I think you'll be proud of yourself. Oh, well, you, I have no problem with that. But it's just a lot of different things compiled over my entire lifetime. Yeah. Like, I've dealt with physical and mental abuse as a child. I've dealt with the loss of people, <clears throat> close people. I've dealt with people leaving, abandonment. Like, you name it, it's happened. So there's just been a lot of different things. Yeah. And you're 23. And I'm 23. And you... You would think I was 80. You would... You would think... I'm that When I met you, I was like, oh, we're the same age. Like, we're both 30. And you're like, no, i just been through more life shit than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> we talked about boundaries before, and you thought that you might tell your brother's story. Would oh, you yeah. like to do that or move on to the hospital stuff? So, my younger brother was born with pulmonary hypertension. For those of you that don't know what it is, it is a heart-lung disease. Uh, As a result of it, my brother only had one functioning lung because a machine blew out his lung that was invented in 1997. So it was his only option to live. He did live. What year was it when this happened? He was born in 1997, so this all happened in 1997. Gosh, I'm sorry. This is the beginning. Okay, I'm listening. So, uh, some medical equipment came out that year that was able to keep him alive longer, but as a result, it blew out a lung. Um, he also ended up, um, I think within his first year of life, his heart enlarged. So, that was something he also had to deal with, as well as oxygen. So, he always had oxygen his entire life. An um, oxygen tank that he had yep, around oxygen him. tank. So whenever I see one around, I'm like, oh, hey, I know all about that. What was y'all's different in age, difference in age? Difference in age? I'm two years older. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Yep. 95, baby. <laughs> I love 90s. <laughs> anyway, so, um, You're doing great. So, um, those are some health struggles that he had his entire life. And in 2015, his heart and his lungs just gave out. And he passed away at Dell Children's. Yeah, it was a really hard day. How did you just deal? I mean, mean, we talk about it all the time. It's like, why are you anxious? Like, I just am. And you just deal. And I know that's not a comparison between, you know, losing a brother. I just wouldn't even know how to react if we were friends. So I had the, I guess you would call it fortunate. Um, I knew he had health problems his entire life, so it's wasn't like I had a healthy sibling and they got shot or something like that. He died due to his health problems. Yeah. So it was oncoming, 
but it was still a shock and it still sucked. Yeah, it doesn't sound... Nothing would make that easier. I know, but it's... To anybody who has lost a sibling or lost somebody close to them, it was probably a car accident or something. If you're somebody who had a loved one die due to a health illness, most of the time you can kind of see it coming. So you can treat every day like it is the last and you can say the things that you need to say. Yeah. So it's... Me before you. (laughs) I don't mean... I'm, like, an emotional mess. I recently showed her the Amelia Clark Me Before You movie. and Everyone go watch it. Eight times. Just, like... I got up to six times. It it was a lot. She helped him live his life to the fullest. Because love was all he really wanted to meet him. I just love Amelia Clark. Okay. You go, Danny. Um... At your brother's memorial, you have this quote. And so, my brother's memorial, um, I was 19 years old. I was the one who set up the memorial. I made the flyers. I got his, he was in the high school band. I got his entire saxophone section. That's a lot for you, Diana. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on any 19-year-old, but my parents weren't going to do it. Yeah. And it was about 16 days. No. Mm, It was about two weeks after he passed and nothing was resulting. Like, no funeral, no nothing. My parents were going to do anything. Like, that's not right. Yeah. His friends need to say goodbye. So I set up a memorial service. Um... And he played the saxophone in the high school band. I got his saxophone section to play some music. Shout out brass. <laughs> I played the trumpet. Woodwind. It is a woodwind instrument page. Um, I'm just, I'm listening to you. I'm just trying to deal. <laughs> because I really appreciate you sharing this and it just hurts my feelings for you. Because I love you so much. Well, I'm upset that you can't tell a brass from a woodwind. I just come with the flow. I guess my priorities are aligned. <laughs> just need something new. We all know where my priorities lay. But um, so the quote. The it's not a quote. It's a song called "Simple Gifts," and I put that on the pamphlet because that was his favorite song. In uh, I don't know if he was in that high school show. I don't believe he was, but I think it was my freshman year high school show. It was called Ballet for Martha, and uh, we had this uh, Simple Gifts, and we had a couple different other songs, but our band director made us sing on the field, which is torture in itself to have a bunch of 15, 16, 17 sing. I wonder if they did a psychological study. And they created an invalue of like twelve thousand band kids and see how oh, their mental health fared with her. danced. It was like a Glee episode. It was terrible. <laughs> I wish I had been there. <laughs> it was awful. I'm sure you can YouTube it. It was truly, truly terrible. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> but the simple gift song, I would look it up. But it is an amazing song with. I don't know, the lyrics, but 
So the lyrics of the portion that I put, because it has several verses, but it's, "'Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in a place just right, we'll be in the valley of love and delight." Ow. I need to hit my hand in the middle of that beautiful thing. <laughs> I love it. And Diana was playing this piano game situation. On my iPad. What is it called? Um, I would have to look it up, but... It's just tight. It's like Dance Dance Revolution for your fingers. Pretty much. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to talk about psychiatric hospitalization? Oh, well, so... How that came about was... Funny story. <clears throat> what had happened was... It is a very, very long story. Um, so, essentially, what happened was uh, a friend of mine was going through a divorce, and during all that, uh, her husband was... or decided to proceed with the divorce and he decided to pursue me and um, I guess we kind of started dating each other it was a very weird situation it was mutual right it was it, it, it was interesting it was it, it was definitely different um, but I was taking things very slow but they were not. So I was like, eh, this is a little weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, he ended up telling his soon-to-be ex-wife about it, who used to be a friend of mine, and they were not having it. So I was at work, and they sent me a truly horrible text. This person used to be a very, very good friend of mine, and I understand where her irritation and discomfort comes from. Yeah. Her husband. Ex-husband. Ex-husband. Eh, there's, there's a lot more backstory to it, which I'm not going to dig into. No, but I just want to talk about you. Yeah. Um, Your story. <laughs> so, this is somebody who used to be a close friend of mine, so I confided a lot of things to her, and uh, she destroyed me in a single text by throwing uh, some childhood trauma at me, saying that all my friends and loved ones don't care about me. <clears throat> like throwing your triggers at you. Oh, yeah. She, so she, she knows my triggers, and she threw them at me. It's just cruel for people. It, it was... Uh, I showed Paige the text. It was a truly terrible text message. Um, no one should ever have to hear what... Oh, or yeah. read... And because I wasn't as mentally strong as I am today, it broke me, and I kind of had a little bit of a mental breakdown at work, and my manager freaked out. Um, so she's dealt with a lot of mental health in her lifetime, and her uh, her husband was a police officer, and so... She called some of his buddies to come and talk to me. And. Excuse you. It's raw, you guys. Burps happen. Everybody burps. So. It was like a poof of air. Come on, girl. I'm listening. So, uh, 
uh, I was having this breakdown in the back and it like really really scared her and I told her that I was scared if I came if I went home that it I wouldn't know, be okay. I wouldn't come to work the next day I'm so happy that you had that mind thought well duh. I'm so happy you're self-aware enough to be like I don't want to die but I know how fragile I am right now and I just need some help so I'm gonna go get oh, it yeah. but that was so hard um, like it, it was it was really really bad um and what hurts was she threw I was sexually assaulted by uh somebody who was close to me a while ago and she threw that in my face too and that that really hurt god damn yeah <laughs> so uh just cruelty just be kind everybody everyone has Something negative that's happened in their life that has really affected them. And if people trust you to open up and share that information, don't, don't throw it back at somebody. Yeah, don't do that. Just be accepting and kind if you really care about them. If not, write a letter and burn it. Get your emotions out there. Is that the practice? I think, yeah. Write a letter, get all your emotions out, sleep on it, and then burn it. Burning things is very satisfying. Yes. So, so the people who are trying to be cruel to you, maybe you should do that. Anyway, oh, there's more of the story. So um, so I talked to these police officers, and they're like, hey, we want you to talk to somebody. So I was like, I agreed to go and talk to somebody. Little did I know, I did not have a choice. But I found that out after I got there. Yeah. And they had me on a 72-hour hold, which I was not aware of. When I got there, so I was like, hey, can I leave? And they're like, mm, nope. You're involuntarily admitted now. Oh, yeah. This is involuntary. I was not okay with this. Yeah. but I And I was involuntarily with... hospitalized, but I had a suicide attempt. So I, I mean, attempt to <clears throat> call it attempt. No triggering. So I'm just happy that you got out. Yeah, they uh, so they typically don't let people out early, but I was one of the few people who was able to be let out early because it was just a bad day. It wasn't like a psychotic what? break or yeah. that you needed observation. You're not on medication, you know. Yeah, um, so it was definitely an experience that I don't wish on anybody. Yeah, what was it like in the hospital for you? I, I've talked about mine. I would really like to hear your story. Um, well... What hospital did you go to, first of all? Honestly, I don't remember. Totally fine. Doesn't matter. In Austin. <sighs> uh, it wasn't in Austin, but I don't, I don't remember. Uh, because, believe it or not, I didn't choose where I was going to go. <laughs> oh, involuntary? Involuntary. Oh. I rode in the back of a police vehicle. Uh, Facts, not so, in Austin. Fun fact, if you weren't aware that the back of police vehicles have plastic seats mm -hmm. and they have uh, a little drain at the bottom too, so fun So fact. if you tell the <clears throat> officer, but I have to pee, like just get in the back of the car, ma'am. We'll yeah, be with you shortly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they're plastic seats. They're actually not that uncomfortable. Right. Um, so while you were in the hospital... What was your schedule like on the daily? Wait, how many days were you in there? I was in there three days and two nights. It was supposed to be four days and three nights. 
Because uh, I got there on a Sunday, and Sunday uh, doesn't count as a day. Yeah. So if, if you're, you're on a 72 hour hold, you going on a Sunday. Exactly. It starts or on a Monday. Saturday. <gasps> like, oh try to gosh. hold it together. <laughs> hold it together. Go to Monday, the, the Wikia uh, page that's in the description of our podcast and just hold on until the weekend's over. Which sounds so weird. Like, look forward to Monday. Oh, they charge you for the Sunday and Saturday. Oh, too. man, they're going <laughs> to fucking start it. God damn. But we're alive. Yay. Silver lining. Okay. So they let you. I was on what they consider the cool side. Um, oh, you mean? So they let you wake up whenever. They do monitor everything that you're doing. So if you're not up at a certain time or not going to meetings or doing art classes or whatever they have. Uh, they put that against you. So I was doing anything and everything I could to get out. So yeah. I was participating. In and that's what we were talking about everything. earlier. Like you are monitored. And yeah. if they, they, they watch everything you do. You yeah. Know? And they take notes. And at the end of the day that you're either supposed to go home, you still have to meet with the psychiatrist and your doctors and your nurses, um, discuss a medication plan if you need one or need to change something while you have been in the hospital. Um, and if they decide that you are not fit to be released at that time, then they, it, it becomes a court situation. So if you ever get admitted to psychiatric hospital, go to your therapy and get to know people. You know, when I was in the hospital, my relief, my therapy was, after our therapy with actual doctors, we would stay because it was in the group room and at ALH, just a group room. And I learned so many stories from these people. I talked to um, people with schizophrenia, homeless people who, you know, didn't have shoes when they were released from the unit. I mean, I saw blood on the walls. Like, these are not fun things. And I think a lot of this needs to change. Because if you are scared to be admitted to a place where they're supposed to help you, that's not helping people with mental health crises. Yeah, and it also depends on where you're going and where they put you. Because I, like I said, I was on the chill side, so I didn't have any of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, everything was nailed down, but... Yeah. I mean, silver linings wherever you can find them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, it's time for a mindfulness exercise. Are you ready? I'm not. So how this is going to go is you um, are, like, remember when we talked today about, like, your body, body, your body negativity towards yourself? Like, oh, this, oh, that. And I was finally, like, fed up, and I was like, Diana, now you have to fucking tell me. Five things that you love about yourself and your body. And it took you a minute to get to that fifth one. And then immediately when she was done, she said, but I hate this. And I was like, you really missed the point of this exercise. girl." So basically, um, I think that it's significant whenever, you know, we like walk around one day and then we have this memory about something in our childhood or something that's brought us happiness. Um, so I'm going to tell my story, and then if you have 
some a story that you would like to share, then totally do it. If not, you should do it anyway. <laughs> okay, so here, today uh, we're running, and basically Diane was like, oh, oh let's we walk into this running. door. Let's watch we it. We were jogging very, very slowly, and Paige was torturing me. I, I, I hate running. Physically fit is my middle name. Anyway, so in one of the aisles, we looked at children's books and reminisced on the giving tree and shell silverstein and goodnight moon and baby beluga and i cried polly pockets <laughs> polly pockets and in one of the aisles there was this stuffed dinosaur and it was it's made by the company that made my childhood um i mean you have your childhood like teddy bear or whatever you know mine was a pink dinosaur named Diny with a star tail and a round face, and this looked exactly like that, and it just brought me back to me as a kid, and like relishing whenever my parents would, you know, rock me in the rocking chair to sleep and put me to sleep, and just feeling so comfortable and so safe, and I just like held on to it for a minute and relished in that moment, and then kept on going because I appreciated it. So, did you have any memories today? like brought you happiness um well i had explained to Paige the difference between mew and mew 2 and the fact that they don't evolve into one another i should have listened more no i should have <laughs> not paying I should have read more about pokemon. about pokemon i was like no nah, mew 2 has to be something else before like that's the whole point right no it's called a legendary pokemon and there's only one of them <laughs> How it's did not this... like a farm of Mewtwo's, okay? So today was your favorite memory that brought joy to your life? Oh, no, that was, that was pretty fun. All right, cool. Um, we'll, let's go with that. I mean, it's in the past, you know? <laughs> well, now we're in the past. Okay, and finally, great panda adventures. What would panda have learned this, this, dog, this week? Dog is Satan. Oh, my God. I have to pause it and save it real quick. Okay, now I can make sure that I get this rant. Diana, you have... The pod. This dog. This poodle. <laughs> this this satanic She's a mini poodle. Fluff thing. Check out her Instagram to see her in her service dog. No. This is not a service dog. This is the worst. Not without her vest on. She sucks so much. <laughs> the only thing good about this dog is that poof on the top of her head. I and know. Paige keeps tying it up. It is so cute. I call it a hun bun. Everything else is shaved. This dog attacks my dog, and my dog is my child. I will kill anything that brings harm to my child. Could you arm bar panda? I will snap that dog's neck. This dog is awful. Okay. What do you like about her? One thing. I like her poof. Okay. Oh, you did? Okay, good for you. Thank you. So, great panda adventures. I like the name, too. Like, she looks really cute. This dog looks so dumb. (laughs) She's really cute. She's so dumb. Her eyes are too close together. She's she's such a dumb, dumb dog. She dumb loves so hard. She's rubber and rainbows, man. She just bounces right back, and it's all good and hunky-dory. All right, so what I like about panda, you can, like, slap your hands to your chest, and she'll jump. Onto your chest. Yeah, like a circus dog. It's, it, it, it's actually pretty cute, but that's the only thing I like about that dog. Okay. And the poof. So I think she would have learned today that... That Diana hates her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to accept the reality and your experiences as they 
are and have happened. And she could learn coping skills, like going to talk to other pandas. This dog is not that smart. This, we're, we're writing a children's series. Coda, we can do it. I can do it. We can do it. Okay, reality, this dog is so dumb. So the title of this book is going to be <laughs> Panda Learns Life Lesson. That's life, etc. I mean, dude, I'm just like spewing stuff at et this cetera, point. Et cetera, it's et a, et it's a creative. Like, I don't know why you're whispering. I don't even know if we're gonna be able to hear that. Oh my god! Need to whisper in the microphone. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. So that was fun. You don't have a title suggestion? Title suggestion? Yeah. Great Diane is panda. It's opposite today. We'll take that. <laughs> Love her a little bit. Okay, anything else you want to say before we end up? I guess that's a no. I'll take that silence as a ah. No, man, you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot a lot today. <laughs> well, it's well really been nice interviewing you. I really appreciate you coming on the show anonymously. <laughs> right, anonymously. I just want to say for those of you out there, it gets better. Like, if you're struggling, you're having a bad day, you're having a bad time, you feel everyone hates you, it's a at-the-moment thing. It gets better. You will find the person that makes it all better for that. It's Paige. Oh, I love you. Or, shout out to my best friend, Austin. Like, I would not be here without that guy. I am so happy that you're in Diana's life, because... (laughs) I once I meet you, you're gonna be so confused about how much I know about you, so and you're gonna be like, "Who's this person <laughs> who has seen my Tinder profile?" I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that Paige has not met Austin yet uh, is because Austin is in Cuba serving in the Navy. Yeah, so it's we're very, all very very proud of him. Yeah, shout out to Austin. Thanks for being a beautiful light in Diana's life. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Listen in next week. And remember, you're not alone because we, we are, are no Alamo. Ciao ah, for now. Is it time to be done with the podcast? Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Good girl. Dear Diana, where did you go? Dear Diana, where did you go? Across the mountains where the aspens grow. Dear Diana, where did you go? I'll be loving you, darling, night and day. I'll be loving you, darling, night and day. Until the top falls out and the sides turn gray. I'll be loving you, darling, night and day Dear Diane, I still see you Dear 
see you In the still of the night And the dream so true Dear Diane I still see you You must have left Some time ago You must have left Some time ago But like a wildfire You go wherever I blow You must have left Some time ago Sometimes I've had enough Dear Diana, this life's rough 